Welcome to the Alliance Podcast, Continuing Conversations. In this episode, Alliance Executive Director Kathleen Weiss sits down with Jan Schultz, 2022 Alliance Board of Directors President. Listen in as Jan reflects on her career in healthcare CPD and her presidential vision for 2022. Plus, Jan shares key insights from her recent Almanac article about our community's responses to the new ACCME standards for integrity and independence. If you like what you hear today, subscribe or leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Take it away, Kathleen. Hello, and welcome back to the Alliance podcast, Continuing Conversations. I'm Kathleen Weiss, Executive Director of the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Jan Schultz, your 2022 Alliance Board of Directors President to the podcast. In today's discussion, we'll turn the spotlight on Jan to hear about her career in healthcare CPD and her presidential vision for 2022. Plus, she'll share insights from a recent Almanac article she co-authored about our community's status and attitudes towards the new ACCME Standards for Integrity and Independence. Jan, welcome to the Alliance podcast. Before diving into our discussion, tell our listeners a bit about yourself, your career in CPD, and how you got involved in your leadership role within the Alliance. Hello, Kathleen, and hello to all who are listening. Well, currently I reside in Parker, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver. I've been here for about 20 years. I've normally been a cat person for most of my life, but now I have a pity boxer mix in addition to two cats. This makes for some interesting times, to say the least. I tried retirement in 2018. Having failed that and gotten bored, I started my own consultancy in planning and compliance in healthcare CPD. And I also decided to run for the board. And the rest is history. So my career in CPD, actually most of my working career has been involved with CPD in some sort. In, in the healthcare professions, except for about eight years of clinical work in ICU and OR. AORN was my first adventure into the world of healthcare CPD. I joined the educational staff as the assistant director in the education department. After five years there, I joined the medical device industry with a company that made OR supplies and capital equipment. I was involved in professional relations, primarily education of OR nurses and nurse managers, with some time in the marketing department thrown in during the course of my time there. I ended up as the VP marketing and professional relations for the company. After that, I only did CPD. I joined uh, the staff of 3MEX, obviously sequentially, including 12 years as director of outcomes and compliance at the postgraduate at the Postgraduate Institute for Medicine in Colorado, which is a mech. I joined the Alliance with my first mech, and that's been about 20 years ago now. I've been actively involved in CPD professional certification for many, many years, even prior to the time when the Alliance acquired the assets. I served as the chair of the eligibility review committee for that organization uh, when it was independent and served as treasurer prior to the acquisition by the Alliance. I decided it was time to give back. So after I retired, I decided to run for the board and I won the election, obviously. Thank you, Jan. 
While we're on the topic of your career, I'd be remiss not to ask about the RN and MSN credentials in your title. Can you speak to your career in nursing and how that experience has impacted your role as a healthcare CPD leader? Absolutely. Nursing, nursing is a part of my, I think a part of my DNA. I received my basic nursing education at Indiana University School of Nursing with a BSN, which focused on the scientific underpinnings of practice, critical thinking and patient care skills. I also received an MSN from IU with a major in nursing administration and a minor in pediatric nursing. All of these, the master's degree was while working full-time at IU in nursing administration. Leadership does seem to be in my genes. Both my sister and my mother had nursing leadership positions in, in their career. My parents raised three formidable women in my sisters and me. All of us have master's degrees, one of us has a doctorate, and we've all had successful leadership careers. I was promoted to the head nurse with only one year in the OR, and two years later, I was chairman of the OR department at the IU hospitals. In the med device industry, within five years, I became the first female VP in the company at that time. Oh, can I tell you stories about that? But that we'll have to wait until some other time. In CPD, the skills I learned in team building and team management as a nurse were critical. Also, being prepared before addressing a task is a basic element of nursing. Critical evaluation of situations and looking for options and finding the best fit is also something that I learned in my nursing education and practice. Obviously, my clinical background and education have been very helpful in healthcare CPD with regard to content development and understanding uh, outcomes. Among the most important characteristics of a nurse or any clinician is the dedication to lifelong learning as an individual. The leadership skills I developed as a nurse and the knowledge and skills I continue to acquire are vital to my becoming a leader within the Alliance. Fantastic. And I don't think nurses get nearly as much credit as they deserve in the healthcare system. At the Alliance 22 Annual Conference in Aurora, Colorado, you were installed as this year's president. You and I have worked very closely on your areas of emphasis for the year. Can you share some insight on each pillar of focus for our listeners? Absolutely, and I'd like to link them to the Alliance's strategic plan. First, one of the pillars of our strategic plan is to drive membership by developing meaningful, relevant experiences based on the needs of our membership. We've already seen changes and improvements in our member offerings, more accessible content through more virtual learnings and endurings, for example, a new website and AMS, if you have not yet checked out the Alliance community features, you should do so now. It's so much easier to connect and to ask a question or share your expertise. Work will continue this fall with the launch of a new LMS. One of the keys to expanding membership is genuinely taking on interprofessional approach to membership services and education within the Alliance. It's necessary because we need to expand to outside of just our, our CME bubble. We still do lean heavily toward considering only physicians and CME as our focus. This alienates others who may practice in CPD with essentially the same set of competencies and educational needs. This is a work in progress. And for me, that's a personal passion this year. The second pillar is to facilitate achievement of core and specialized competencies. Our focus here is to walk the talk. 
We've developed a curriculum based on competencies needed to do this work. We should be using these to build our own educational experiences and for growing and to a growing extent we are. This is a major focus of my attention as your president this year, just as it was for the immediate past president, Rebecca DeVivo. The new career path series being developed that starts with those who are new to the profession will replace the basics and fundamentals and will launch mid-year. We will also expand that going forward to address mid-career and advanced knowledge skills needed as time goes on. The third pillar then is to convene and build a community that advances the profession. Last year, the Healthcare CBD Partners Council was launched as a pilot project. This year, the Alliance along with the council members will evaluate the success and direction of the council going forward. We're already seeing more collaboration opportunities amongst the council members and spreading the word about the Alliance to potential members. And, this CP, and the CHCP program is a priority. We will be initiating the first substantial revision of the exam in four years, and the first truly focused on the competencies of the CPD professional in a variety of settings, not just CME. The fourth pillar of the strategic plan was added last year, and it is to cultivate and model a culture of diversity, inclusion, and access in all aspects of the Alliance. The Committee on Diversity, Inclusion and Access was formed last year and has already made itself known in providing awareness education for the membership. We still have much work to do with regard to developing a culture that actually cultivates DIA and not just lip service to it. Obviously, all committee and section leadership, as well as the Smith Buckland staff should be looking at making sure that we are doing what is needed to be done to promote DIA. But I have highlighted two prime needs. The membership committee should reflect the membership in diversity of practice setting, as well in the other aspects that we consider as DIA, in DIA, such as race, culture, ethnicity, age, gender identification, et cetera. And the nominating committee, which functions independent of the board, but is critical in finding and vetting a diverse slate of candidates for leadership. Ultimately, of course, the membership votes and makes the final choices, but access to the ballot is the first critical step. Like what you hear on the Alliance podcast? Visit almanac.acehp.org to read the latest continuing professional development news and insights. Visit today to get informed and inspired. After two years of navigating the COVID-19 pandemic, our industry and our association have navigated challenges and created new opportunities for ourselves. What challenges and more importantly, opportunities do you envision for the Alliance throughout 2022 and beyond? Thanks, it's a great question. First and foremost, the Alliance has existed for a long time with a revenue model that depends on large live meetings. Post COVID, as we found out during the pandemic, we know we must change. Not only are learners more open to the idea of virtual learning, but the cost of live meetings keeps going up, both in terms of registration and travel fees for, for learners, to the point nearing where only senior managers can attend. This is a self-fulfilling prophecy for membership decline over time. This is going to take time, but we must begin the process, and we will do that this year in our strategic planning efforts. Second, the challenge each of us is facing regarding rethinking what virtual, hybrid, and enduring mean after two years of our learners getting comfortable with Zoom and other virtual meeting platforms. 
Third, disruptive events create a window for experimentation. And that window will close at some point. So we need to take an advantage of the opportunity. It is an opportunity to try new things, some of which will work and some of which won't. We need to be comfortable with failing. We need to continue to exploit this experimental option for as long as it lasts to develop new revenue sources and best in class practices and products. Fourth and finally, we have the opportunity this year during the strategic planning process that I mentioned earlier to rethink our competitive environment and find our niche in the environment and how we will succeed in this niche over time. Switching gears a bit, you recently co-authored an Almanac article about our community's response and attitudes towards the new ACCME standards for integrity and independence in the accredited continuing education. Can you speak to any of the key findings highlighted in the article? Absolutely, and first of all, I'd like to thank Erin Schwartz and the Almanac editorial staff and all of my co-authors on that article for suggesting that we do this process. Key results can be summarized in, in, a, in a few words. Most providers, whether they were accredited or not, found the transition relatively easy. Many, but not all, started early and had time to experiment with what worked and what didn't, as well as time to gain the skills needed and to do the training of faculty needed. The major issues identified in the survey were around identifying and mitigating relationships in compliance with the requirements in standard three of the new standards. For instance, determining if the disclosure involved ownership and therefore excluding that person from any role in the activity. Determining if the disclosure was relevant to the content of the activity rather than relying on disclosing parties to do this upfront as was the previous model. And finally, finding resources in terms of the people and sources for information uh, to do all of these. That's been the biggest challenge uh, throughout the industry and, and continues for many. The um, new ACCME standards will surely be a popular topic for our community throughout the year. How can Alliance members continue the conversation beyond the findings in this new comprehensive article? I have two suggestions. First, please let us know what you're currently facing in terms and continue to face in terms of challenges and also what you've been able to do successfully. You can do this by emailing acehp at acehp.org with your thoughts. That will then be directed to the Almanac Editorial Committee and back to Aaron and back to the rest of us on the authorship to, to think about. And second, something you can do absolutely right now today, and that's to sign into and join the Alliance community to share your challenges and solutions. And it's so much easier than it was, and it's so much more user-friendly than it was with the old listserv. So I really encourage you to do that. Uh, I really encourage you to do that today. As soon as that is well-populated and up and running, I predict that that will be the major way that we as a community share information. Being an Alliance member has its perks. From discounts to industry-leading events like the Alliance Annual Conference, to members-only access to the Alliance communities, the Alliance is where healthcare CPD professionals come to learn. Visit acehp.org slash membership to join today. Thanks for sharing that, Jan. 
This month, we celebrate Women's History Month. As an experienced leader in our industry, what advice do you have for women who are new to healthcare CPD? Well, they're, they're pretty common, and I'm sure you've heard them before. You should prepare yourselves, not just for the job you have, but for the job or position you want. Only you can guide your personal development. Don't depend on others to spoon feed it to you. It may not be in their best interest to do that from a selfish perspective. If you want to climb the leadership ladder, which is to say that not everyone does, find a mentor or two in this profession. Most of us more senior persons are very willing to take on mentees and probably already have several already. And remember that when you leave a job or a company, all you take with you are your skills and your reputation. Don't shortcut on how you interact with your work colleagues and stick to your own ethical and moral beliefs. It will haunt you in the end if you don't. Jan, thank you so much for joining me in today's discussion. As we come to a close, do you have any final words of wisdom to share with our listeners? No real words of wisdom, just two thank yous. One, for letting me share my thoughts and experiences here today. And two, to the membership and the board of directors for allowing me to serve as president this year. Thank you again. And I look forward to a successful and an exciting 2022 with you. Here, here. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Alliance podcast, Continuing Conversations. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to stay updated on future releases. In the meantime, we invite you to access our wealth of continuing professional development content on the Almanac at almanac.acehp.org. Until next time.